This is the Daily Roll Call Podcast, talking Tennessee with Kathy Henners. Hey, welcome to the Daily Roll Call Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Henners, along with Bobby Curley, our producer. As Tennesseans have struggled to reopen businesses, return to work, and get our kids back in schools, we got mayors, appointed health officials, and other elected officials have continued to promote confusing and inaccurate information, open then closing businesses, and now criminally charging people, and many Tennesseans have had enough. Uh, one of those Tennesseans is Gary Humble, a founder of Tennessee Stands. Gary, welcome to the show. On August 21st, uh, Tennessee Stands launched an online resolution which made the constitutional case against Governor Lee's use of the state emergency powers. I know that at the time you had over a thousand Tennesseans sign that resolution so far. Two days ago, with the help of a Nashville attorney, a formal complaint was filed against Governor Bill Lee to challenge the constitutionality of the governor's emergency powers per the Tennessee Constitution. Why did you decide to do this? Um, well, at, at some point, um, you know, for a while, I guess when it started in March, you think, well, I'm, you know, I'm just a guy. What can I do? Um, you know, I even talked to a couple of legislatures, uh, legislators, you know, because as most people might not realize, the the legislature can call a special session by a two thirds vote of the legislature. So I'm thinking, hey, can can you call a session and sort of deal with this? Well, the answer you got is, oh, well, you know, probably we're not going to be able to do that. I'm just one legislator. What can I do? So I'm like, well, gosh, if oh, yeah. if if a legislator can't do anything. So at, at some point, well, then school hit. And um, as if this wasn't affecting my family enough, when school closes and then they mandate masks for all children K through 12 until there are no more cases of COVID in our county, which is ridiculous, um, these mandates start to affect, um, you in a very, very real and tangible way. And as yeah. a, as a dad, uh, I think that's sort of when I had enough. Um, and so we, we got active, uh, drafted a resolution, um, started Tennessee stands, um, and then talked to several attorneys and finally partnered with, uh, Gary Blackburn in Nashville and, uh, filed a lawsuit against the governor. And, and I want to be clear in in what we're saying we're not saying that governor lee is a a bad man we're we're not saying that governor lee in some of his actions does not have what he feels to be good intentions behind his mm -hmm. actions what we are simply saying is that when we look at our constitution okay no matter if a if a state legislature passed a statute in two, in the year 2000 our constitution does not allow a governor to make law, to unilaterally make anything having the force of law, or to delegate powers to county executives. And that, that, is, that is our argument. We, we, we are demanding that our government officials operate within the constitutional boundaries that we, the people, have set before them. And I think there's such a, a lot of confusion regarding the difference between a law and a mandate. And I've tried explaining to people as a retired police officer, um, you know, laws are created by legislatures and laws are passed. And, you know, you just can't just go out and mandate something and, and say it's a law. And I think, you know, and we can talk about this in a minute, but I think the fact that when you look at what Nashville has done, um, you know, making that mandate into a punishable by C misdemeanor and, you know, arrest 
in, you know, possible jail time. This is outrageous. Um, but you know, that's, that's where I'm hoping, and I'm sure your case will do this. It may, it may be able to articulate to people that, you know, you're not obeying uh, just a man, you're not disobeying, I should say a law. So what is the response been so far from the public? Oh, it's, it's been overwhelmingly, uh, positive. I think, um, I think many people across the state have been wanting, I, I think a lot of people, conservative and, and moderate, sort of across the political spectrum, I actually think, understand that something is wrong here. <laughs> something has changed. Something is not mm -hmm. quite right in, in how we're being governed and how we're approaching this current pandemic. Um, that's, that's, that's the buzzword we use these days um, in our yeah. emergency powers. And... Um, and I think a lot of people want to say it's unconstitutional because they innately know that to be true, but have had issue really explaining exactly how it's unconstitutional. And I think the the response has been positive in the sense that, oh, thank you for putting this out. You're you're finally giving voice to this thing I've been feeling, and I I, I didn't know how to explain it or describe it. And so what we've tried to do is is put out why in article one, why in article two, why in article seven, you know, that this is unconstitutional. And I think that's been the overwhelming re response is just, just, uh, just thank you. Thank you for giving voice to this issue that I was feeling that I just, I just couldn't quite communicate. Um, mm -hmm. and so that's what we've tried to do. And I've seen the success, you know, I've tried sharing the petition. Um, I know that there were at least a thousand signatures as of the other day uh, or the last I looked. And so, I, you know, I think people um, needed something. I, I think you're right. I think that people are so torn at this point. You know, we've created like another class. You know, we have the mask wearers and the, and the non-mask wearers. And then we have those that are insisting and sure. making mandates and then we see those same people that are insisting and making mandates go outside without a mask or social distancing. So, you know, it, at this point, I'm wondering, you know, what the point is. I think um, I think we both know maybe it's been weaponized a little bit and certainly is, you know, pushing closer, uh, you know, to November 3rd. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens after the election. You know, if all of a sudden it just goes away. But now with flu season and cold season upon us, you know, this is a whole nother um, realm of problems we're going to see. The numbers are inevitably going to climb and, you know, are there going to be more shutdowns? So, you know, I'm hoping that this moves kind of quickly. And you had mentioned about the General Assembly. Um, will you be speaking uh, when they do meet on September 3rd or on the 17th to discuss this emergency powers? Will you be there for that? Uh, I don't I don't have any plans for that at this time. Uh, quite frankly, I'm I'm very, very open to the idea. I uh, don't know if I'll receive an invite to, to quite do that. I don't, I don't <laughs> think most of the uh, legislature folks are very happy with me right now. But but look, I, I want to speak to something you said earlier about. Um, the, the arbitrary nature of things and, you know, that you mentioned the misdemeanor. One, one of the issues that we find, and I, I love this statement in our Constitution, it's, it's an Article One, Section 2. I mean, it basically helps start out the argument that our Constitution makes. And Section 2 says this, that government being instituted for the common benefit, 
the doctrine of non-resistance against arbitrary power is op- and oppression is absurd, slavish, and destructive of the good and happiness of mankind. Our, our constitution wow. and our state literally gives us a charge and a duty to resist what can be considered arbitrary and capricious power and says that wow. that to not resist is absurd and slavish. Why would you do that? So when I think mm-hmm. about, well, what makes, what makes something absurd? What, so let's talk about the misdemeanor for a minute. When you, when you violate a state ordinance, a state law, there is a penalty in, in our Tennessee code for violating that law. Now, constitutionally, that penalty has to be the same across the state. It's almost sort of a, it's almost sort of a, a, an equal protection, 14th Amendment protection, sort of. Um, you, you, can't, you can't penalize different groups of people for committing the same crime against the state. You've got to hold the yeah, same penalty. Well, let's, let's, let, me give you, let me give you an example of the arbitrary nature of this power. So Governor Lee delegates authority to county mayors to issue mask mandates. Well, not only do the county mayors now have the ability to decide whether or not that quote-unquote state power is going to be applied in their county, which is arbitrary, but secondly, they've assumed the power to now decide what the penalty is going to be against that state statute in their county, which again is arbitrary. So if if you're caught not wearing a mask in Davidson County, that's a Class C misdemeanor with a fine of $50 and up to 30 days in jail. But if you cross the border and you commit that same quote-unquote crime in Williamson County, it's a Class A misdemeanor against the state with a penalty of $2,500 and possible up to a year in prison. Now, you want to talk about unconstitutional, arbitrary power? You mean yeah. if I commit one, a, a crime against the state of Tennessee in one county, I could, I could owe you 50 bucks, and the county next door owe you $2,500 and a year in prison? Come on. Look, yeah. and that's why I keep saying we are making this up as we go, and, and we don't even realize it. And I'm just, we're not going to sit down and take it. That is a fantastic point that you just made. Uh, I didn't realize, I guess I hadn't really paid attention to Williamson County uh, being an A misdemeanor. And, and people should know that that is the highest uh, misdemeanor that we have. Um, I'm familiar with, you know, a penal law. I'm, I'm from New York State. So we had the criminal procedure law and then a penal law rather than the annotated code. So to know, though, that they've jumped from a C you know, to an A, that's serious. And I don't think people understand that. And, and so I really thank you for that. It's a great point uh, to make. You know, it's like if you commit murder in Davidson County, you, you go to jail for a day. If you commit murder in Williamson County, you go for a year. That's huge. I mean, that's craziness. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, come on. Yeah, we, we, thought, that, we, we thought we were more we thought we were more conservative in Williamson County. I'm, I'm finding that out to be the longer I've lived here. Uh, that seems mm-hmm. to be changing. So. God help us. Head in blue. Yeah, kind of purple at this point, you know, maybe going towards the blue thing. But, you know, I have said um, one thing that I think um, I know myself and I'm hoping a lot of other people certainly, you know, with what you're doing, um, have seen how dangerous this has been with the 
um, the ability to have the power to do what they're doing. I'm talking about health officials that are appointed. They're not elected officials. They're really just there doing a job and, and the powers that they've had to destroy people's lives. And when I see that these health officials, when uh, Davidson County there, when the mayor or, you know, the mayor of Nashville, John Cooper, had said that he was going to put health officials out on the street to do the same that the police are being called to do. I thought, where is he getting off, you know, doing this? And so I think it's really important that people say, we, the people, have given way too much power to our elected officials. And and that needs to be, I think, reined in. And I'm hoping that certainly, you know, with what you've done, that that is the beginning of doing so. Um, I agree there is no probably ill intent on the on behalf of the governor. Um, but, you know, this power structure has got to stop, uh, certainly with mayors, you know, councils. The, the Metro Council has lost its mind uh, you know, when I'm sure you've heard about one that wanted to uh, say it was attempted murder if you didn't wear a mask. I mean, these people attempted collectively. Yeah. Are, yeah. I mean, they're nuts, you know, so hopefully we can get some sense, you know, made out of that. Um, but, you know, what is the what is it that people can do uh, to help with you know, what you're doing, uh, what can citizens do? I know a lot of times people say, all right, you've told us all this great information, but now what do we do with it? few things. Uh, in, in terms of Tennessee Stands, uh, you know, I'd love for people to go to TennesseeStands.org um, and obviously sign the resolution. Put your, put your, pay, take your stand and don't, don't be a wimp. Oh, I don't want anybody to see my name. No, I'm challenging you right now. Stand up, put your name on it, slap it on the website, and take a stand. Two, uh, share that resolution with family and friends, encourage them to do the same. And three, I'm just going to say, we need your money. We, we need financial help. We are taking on a, a significant legal battle. And, um, you know, we, we're in a, in a lot of a media ad buying frenzy right now, trying to get the word out, but, but the legal costs are also significant. And what, what I recognize is, look, whoever loses in district court, isn't going to, isn't going to lay down and take it. Certainly not the state. We won't either. So we, we can't say, but we certainly expect this to go to the Tennessee Supreme Court. So we'll we'll be we'll be emblazoned in a battle for a while, and, and we're committed. the The other thing that I would say, I'm I'm not an attorney, so I'm, I don't, I want don't want to purport right now to give anyone legal advice. But when you say, what can you do? Understand that the government draws its legitimacy from the consent of the governed. That's how we operate. And primarily that consent comes in the form of our Constitution, which is why we must demand that it be followed. But what that also means is that when, when county mayors and governors or, or, or boards of health or school boards or whoever it may be, whenever they been, begin to make mandates that are unlawful and unconstitutional and do not carry the backing of of a penalty because there is no law to back it up then those those administrations and executives depend on one thing for those orders to actually work and have meaning they depend on you to comply and that is why we see in federal you know in our nation and in our state such fear-mongering right now 
because you 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 have to get people afraid, you have to get them scared, you have to use fear to scare people into compliance because without compliance this doesn't work because a, a lot of the sheriffs are not going they're constitutional people, they're elected officials and a lot of them are not going to enforce this law because they see it as unconstitutional. But then even police officers who are subject to their mayors, of course, cannot make that constitutional decision. They're also in their own right deciding, well, look, I actually talked to a a former metro officer a few days ago. He said, you know, as a police officer, when I go out and arrest someone, I can't arrest someone because I feel like it. And I can't even arrest someone because someone told me to. In other words, if Mayor John Cooper came to me as a police officer and said, go arrest this person, Mm -hmm. I don't have the authority to arrest that person Unless I can point to the fact that they have broken a specific ordinance, but but it goes even further. It, it's not only a city ordinance. It has to be an ordinance that me as a police officer have been given the authority to enforce. So there's mm-hmm. even a whole sector of city codes that are not under my jurisdiction to enforce. Okay, so so we have all of these just constitutional ordinance, you know, who's who can enforce what problems going on. So the, what I'm trying to say is whenever the government unconstitutionally comes to you and says, you need to shut your business down and you know that shutting your business down is going to do you in. You have a decision to make. You're either going right. to stand, you're either going to know your rights and you're going to stand and you're going to keep your business open and you're going to do what you do as a God fearing citizen providing for your family or you're going to comply and you're going to lose everything. And let me tell you, whenever you lose everything, they ain't going to give it back. So as Tennesseans, as citizens, we all have a decision to make. We will either continue to go along with this nonsense. We will, we will be scared to death and believe that it's everyone else's duty to protect us and we will comply. Or we will study. We will be students. We will learn our rights. We will understand our rights and we will stand on our constitutional right to do what we need to do as citizens. And that's excellent. what I would, that is what I would ask people to do. And it's absolutely excellent. And uh, such, such good points. And, and you've been just a wealth of information. And I would, I would like to say also um, that I have put on my Facebook page. Um, it is September 1st is considered national take your mask off day. And basically all it is, is encouraging uh, people that are not sick um, and don't have, you know, conditions or have to worry about an immunity or anything like that to take off your mask. So, you know, people are saying what they, what they'd like to see done uh, is just to encourage that next door neighbor or a friend that it's okay you know, to take that mask off. You're not breaking a law and be armed with the information that you have provided. And I think it's so important that we get the Constitution back into our kids' hands in school. Um, you know, half of the, mm. the schools now don't Absolutely. even touch uh, any of those type topics. And it's really a disgrace. It's nothing to be ashamed about. It's okay to be a patriot. And um, you certainly, certainly are one. And I can't thank you enough uh, for the information that you have put out there this morning. Um, and, you know, feel free to, you know, continue post on, on my Facebook page, anything new. Um, I will continue to watch, you know, 
your website as well and, you know, post anything I think should be out there as well. And I, you know, I, along with other Tennesseans, just want to thank you for, for standing for our Constitution and standing for what's right. And I just want to thank you for taking the time, you know, to join us today and really enlighten us, including myself. So thank you for that, Gary. Well, thank you. The, the time means a lot and I uh, appreciate the support and all your listeners and uh, go to TennesseeStands.org. Take your stand. Very good. Well, that's it for today. Uh, tune in again to the Daily Roll, Roll Call podcast. This is the Daily Roll Call podcast, talking Tennessee with Kathy Henners. 